0: Virginia with a chance for the last shot to win it. Kihei Clark, Beekman for the win, got it! Reese Beekman, the freshman. But they didn't have any time left. He had to shoot it and he did. And he beat the buzzer.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, May the 31st, and Reese Beekman has beaten the buzzer once again. Uh, (laughs) UVA basketball got a big boost here in the last, what, hour and change. Um, Depending on who you talk to today, there were folks of varying degrees of nervous and or confident. Um, but now the word is out that Beekman is going to return to Virginia to play out his uh, final year of eligibility. And uh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First in Fishersville, board moderator du jour himself. David Spence is on the show. How's it going, my friend?
0: I am the oldest boy. Wow. In my well done. Um, <laughs> who Dave's on the board at Who Days on Twitter.
1: And in Charlottesville, editor-in-chief Justin Ferber's is also on this year's program. How's it going, my dude?
2: I just want to say that, you know, I'm a cog that only really fits this one machine, right? So, (laughs) you just have to let me do this. This is all I can do. It's all Um, I can do. And Dave was also like minus 1,100 to say that as his opening line. (laughs) Easy. Yeah. So, (laughs) So, add Justin underscore forever on Twitter.
1: Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional uh, witty banter. Um what is it, Ferber? I'm I'm twin track. I'm dead, but I'm alive. That's exactly how I spent most of the day. Um, I, I want to say that I was not like living and dying with every uh text message I got. But I will say that every time I looked at my phone and there were a bunch of text messages, I got a little bit worried. Um I, I don't know if I could tell you that the the longer the day went, the more confident I continued to be. But it did feel like um at least through the day, most of the folks I talked to tended to be, um, quasi confident. Uh, I got one, I got one source that basically was like, look, uh, um, this it's, it's probably not trending the right way because nobody, uh, seems to know for sure. And that's usually a bad sign in these situations. Right. And then a little while later, I got another, um, little snowflake that said, um, actually you know there's 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 been a, a a sense of a renewed sense of optimism um how how it all plays out we you know well maybe we will know maybe we won't but ultimately Reese is coming back to school and that's the thing that matters most because Virginia's outlook for this coming season just changed dramatically Dave let's start with you in the pantheon of things that you were really hoping to hear by the time we recorded this podcast uh Beekman coming back to school had to be pretty high on the list huh
0: yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably number one of the things I was hoping to hear short of like, you know, if someone donates a billion dollars to UVA football or something. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, you're, I was very lucky. Kind of like, you, yeah, I was super busy all day. So um, I didn't have time to focus on it, but you know, I could talk myself into either way you know, the delay in the announcement, you know, if you want to spend it positive, sure. If you want to spend it negative, you could um, I'm just glad he didn't make a stay up till midnight to make sure we talked about it. So
1: appreciate you reese <laughs> ferber what about you i'm guessing that this is um i mean you're you tend to be the more reasonable of the three of us um but i got the sense that this was a big deal to you too i mean this was not something that was just like a you know obviously a, an important part for the program but it certainly changes a lot of things for virginia uh, in a lot of different ways right
2: yeah. I mean, you're not just subtracting or adding a player, you're subtracting or adding an all ACC player, you know, ACC defensive player of the year. Um, you know, I think obviously it changes the outlook for the team. Uh, even if like the guys that came in replaced him did a nice job or like kind of max out what they could do. He's probably the only guy that would be on this roster next year that can do what he can do. You know what I mean? Like, He's the only guy that can really like play that end-to-end style, can kind of like jump passing lanes, even though that isn't really something that's a big part of what UVA does on defense, and kind of turn turnovers into easy buckets, and um, can facilitate, but can get to the rim and can do all those things. And then you hope that he can maybe even take it to another level next year. So obviously, it's a a good thing, and I think like maybe it's not the most important aspect of this, and obviously, it's just one player's decision. It doesn't necessarily uh speak for every other player, or every other decision. But, you know, in this off season, there's been a lot of talk about like, how does UVA keep players and how does UVA's brand like work with this transfer portal situation and NIL guy that definitely almost certainly would have been drafted at this point at some point um, uh to come back uh and play another season. So, and it's not like UVA is like lined up to win a national title next year. So he's coming back to kind of like, um, I saw on Instagram he said he was betting on himself, you know, and he's also betting on the team, uh, and the team's glad to have him, I'm sure. So it's a win for UVA, and hopefully hopefully, it works out for Reese and, like, it actually ends up benefiting him.
1: Yeah. I think that it's good to talk a little bit about sort of the mechanics of this thing because in a, in a lot of ways, you, you know, remember back to Mamadi's decision to, to stay or go. I think that for a lot of folks, the idea that you wait this late is seen as, like, almost as a bad thing. And I likened it to you guys earlier, um, in terms of you know recruiting, because you're never really sure sort of where things change, right? Um, You could have somebody who told you, "Well, no, I think he's coming back to school." Well, you might have that person might have heard that before he went to the combine and turned some heads, right? Or they could have heard it five minutes before you know um, the kid tells the coaches, right? There's a there's always a little bit of a um, hesitancy when it comes to just Going on one source or uh, or whatever Because you're never really sure Sort of where in the paradigm um, The thing fits But the TikTok of this It makes a lot of sense, right? For a guy who has been in the process To get as much information as he can um, To hear from as many sources as he can um, I know that for a lot of us, right? Fo- folks who are interested in the program Fans, whatever Like for us, you know We wanted to know <laughs> as soon as possible when Reese was had made his decision. And if he was coming back, right. Um, it, for him though, there's no urgency, right. There's nothing changes whether he announces or, you know, withdraws as long as he makes the, makes the deadline. Right. So whether it was this morning at 8am or whether it was tonight at 8pm, 8, 8 right. Ultimately it only benefits him to be in the process longer because there's the potential to get even more information. Um,
2: also, so think, you don't – it's worth it, and agents, I think, tell players to do it because you want to see who else drops out of the draft. Exactly, yeah. you want Because you might the you might go from, like, yep. the 43rd pick to the 29th pick because a bunch of guards came went back to school, right? Exactly.
1: And I think that throughout the day today, you know, we all were starting a little on edge because the more we saw, the more, you know, it seemed like a lot of guys were, were coming out of the draft. Now, to be fair, I, I think that most of the guys who are going to come out of the draft – or the, like, more, the more likely guys to come out are the guys who are deciding today, right? Because if you were getting good enough information about where you were going to land and it made you comfortable to stay in, chances are pretty good. Now, I'm not saying this is like an absolute, but chances are pretty good you you made that decision a while yeah. ago, right? Like Trey because, Murphy
2: and Kyle Guy didn't wait till the exactly, last
1: Exactly, exactly. Now, that's not to say that there aren't guys who stay in who make their decisions at the, you know, sort of 11th hour uh, on the day of the deadline, but... It, made, it certainly felt like to me that Reese was going to have to do a lot of work through the process to really turn some heads to put himself in a position where it, it made more sense for him to go than to stay. i got to be honest, I think he, he got a lot closer to doing that than I think a lot of folks would have expected him to do. Um, I think he really showed himself to be a, a player who had maybe a lot more to offer. Um, I, I think that for guys in this day and age – You know the fact that that he's going to come back to school and be the age he's going to be now. At at, you know when he's able to be drafted, that 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 is an that is an important part of the puzzle for talent evaluators, for general managers, and that kind of thing. But I do think that he he did enough work um, through the process to not only get really good information in terms of what he needs to work on and what they need to see more of, but then too to really put himself on some radar screens that he he probably I mean for those of us who watch the kid we know how good he is but I think his defense really did turn some heads I mean you you're talking about a guy who is is not just a great defender he's an elite defender and what he can do is in a lot of ways um just not something you can just kind of find right like he can he can do a lot of different things defensively that I think are going to um maybe make the the exchange rate so to speak right on what he maybe isn't able to do offensively it's going to make that a lot more palatable for uh, NBA teams and certainly he's got the opportunity now through the offseason through uh, his final year at UVA to really continue to hone in on what the the feedback told him about his offensive game Dave in terms of what this means for Virginia season take me through I mean we we've talked we, you know we talked a good bit about it. Ferber certainly um did a nice job of sort of encapsulating it. But in terms of next year's team, um we know that this is huge. Um, but let's let's talk about how huge it is. Take me through um wh- what this means, what this changes in terms of your expectations going into what we now know will be a roster with Reese on it.
0: Well, if you just look at who's on the roster, there you know a lot of there's some good guards on, on the roster, you know, you know, Harris and IMAC and Gertrude and, um, Rhodey like a lot of talent, but a lot of unproven ACC talent. Right. And guys who are probably, you know, when you talk about Rhodey and IMAC and, you know, guys who you think a l- little bit more on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive. Um, and then if you look at the wings, you got, you know, Leon Bond, Ryan Dunn, uh, Jacob Gross, who's on, if I'm missing someone, um, Tane Murray, so you've there, you've got guys who, you know, a couple guys with elite defensive potential, and and Bond and Dunn, and you know Murray's been in the system a few years, so you expect him to hopefully be better. Um, but Reese, basically Reese coming back, not talking about the offensive side, but defensively, all of a sudden you've got a guy who can stop one to three, and maybe even four, depending on who you're playing, right? So you add him with Dunn, and then Minor, who we think is going to be a a shot blocker in Buchanan when he you know gets his minutes he he can block shots too i think immediately makes the defense better 100% you know that's an that's a no doubt you know no brainer but it's how it makes the defense better with the other pieces you have it's now like none is going to have to be the defensive stopper and you're going to need someone like bond or or Rhodey to come in and learn the system quickly to kind of help you guard the wings that you're going to see a ton of and I just knocked my mic over. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, you're going to need like a, you know, you're going to need them to come in and learn the system quickly to be able to, um, you know, to defend and kind of help cover the wings you'll see in the ACC. But Reese, as we saw all year, can, can literally guard a tiny point guard, guard a scoring two, guard a athletic three. And then in sometimes, you know, whether it's a plotting four or a stretch four, he can, he can do it at least in stretches to give you minutes for a guy like Dunn, um, you know, to take a break. So defensively, I think it really, the, the whole team changes and then offensively, if you, if you extrapolate what he, I think we kind of didn't talk about it enough over this year because, you know, there was other, you know, there were other offensive pieces on the team, but he made great strides you know, in Vegas, you know, it, when Virginia made that run in Vegas, a lot of it had to do with Reese, like getting dominant, just hogging the ball um and we've never seen Reese play without Kihe and I mean you know, I think that's the the wild card um I'm excited to see what the offense can be with with a guy like him because honestly I don't think Tony's ever had a point guard with all the all the ability that Reese has um, the offensive upside the elite speed you know he's one of the fastest guys at the combine um and then the ability to defend multiple positions so you know I'm excited I think it I don't know how much better it makes a team win wise um but it's not it's not a small number <laughs> you know, I, I think Virginia probably goes from a middle of the ACC to probably towards the top when preseason predictions come out um I mean there's not probably not a player Virginia had a chance of getting that would have made that would made that jump
1: yeah I feel like on some level you know if you think about sort of um you know where how do I how do I phrase this listen if you're adding the ACC defensive player of the year ferber you're going to be better right but i think that the the dave's point about sort of how i think that's the part that that really f- gets my attention it's not so much that you just added a piece that you know knows the pack line there's a you know steady hand that kind of stuff It's not even just the piece of it from last year where, you know, you're seeing him just really kind of coming into his own in a lot of ways, Um, you know, his assists, his lack of turnovers, his overall sort of contributions. Now, granted, we all we all would love to see him offensively become um, a more complete player, a more well-rounded guy to be able to be somebody who can create, um, who can facilitate and who can sort of. Kind of get his own shot and be able to score um, for at it, it times when when you know this team has had through the years um, some offensive bumps and they need a guy who can kind of get to the rim. I've always thought Virginia was better off when when Reese was getting the ball into the paint, right. Um, because he does have the ability to finish a little bit But I, I feel like it's not just that, that you're adding a piece With so much experience and such It's also what it means for the other guys around him And the load that they won't have to carry And I think that's the piece of it That gets me the most excited To kind of, again, piggyback off Dave's point It's not just um, sort of adding him But how adding him helps everybody around him In addition to having him in the lineup When you look at next year's team and you kind of broke this down a little bit in your piece, I'm just curious if you've got any additional thoughts or if if things have become a little more crystallized. When you think about next year's team with him on it, um, what really stands out to you in terms of what this means? Because to me, it it means that, that a lot of the kind of things that Virginia could possibly compete for are now back on the table and certainly within striking distance in a way that they just simply would not have been if these other guys on the roster didn't have him to lean on.
2: Yeah, I would say like it kind of just closed the door off for some of the unknowns like Dave kind of hit on it. But, um, you know, I feel comfortable with him, you know, kind of steering the ship. You know, it's like you kind of know that I don't want to say raise the floor, lower the sea, any of that stuff, because I feel like that's kind of cliche. And it doesn't always like Dave said, I don't know necessarily that um, I'm going to like increase my projected wins from like 22 to 30. (laughs) Um, But. You know, I definitely think the the needle goes up. Um, I think having a guy that really knows the schemes on both sides of the floor um, is a benefit. I think it gives you more flexibility, too, with your lineups. I mean, I was looking at uh, writing a Dante Harris thing for next week just because I was, like, you know, in, in anticipation of, of Reese going pro and just being like, well, now this guy's going to have to kind of – he's like the forgotten man of these transfers because he's been sitting out. Um but like he's going to have to step up and play a lot and he still will play a lot, I think. But like, um, you know, this gives UVA the opportunity to have multiple ball handlers on the floor at the same time to kind of play other guys, maybe off the ball more. Um, you know, roadie doesn't have to play with the ball so much, which I think is good for him because long-term I think he projects more as an off ball guard. Mm -hmm. Um, like that's probably where he would like to play at some point and maybe he could play some point, but I think he can be an off ball guard. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, he just, he's a steady presence, right. And, you know, you hope that he kind of had the injury situation early in the season. You hope that he can kind of avoid that um, because he does play kind of an explosive brand of basketball, at least for how UVA plays. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think he steadies the ship. I'm interested to see how he can sort of uh, become a team leader um, mm-hmm. not that he doesn't lead now, but you know, with Kihei gone and Jaden gone and Armand gone, you know, I think there's a void, um, that needs to be filled. And even like Poppy, you guys like that. Um, so I, am interested to see, he's kind of a quieter guy, so I'm interested to see how his leadership works. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely a, a huge boost for UVA. Um, and if, if nothing else, like Dave said, I don't know that it really changes the wins more than like a couple, um. It's certainly a boost, but, like, I think what it might do is kind of legitimize UVA a little bit more in the preseason predictions forecast stuff.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And I also feel like on some level, to your point just a second ago about the Kihei piece of this, right? Like, we have for years talked a lot on this podcast, and certainly among each other, just about, like, you know, how we felt like in some ways the pairing of the two of them was a little bit um, maybe not ideal, And the reason for that being that both of them had some similar characteristics, right? They're defensive-minded guards who um, do a lot of good things but are not necessarily, like, super offensive-minded dudes. And they've had to adapt um, in a lot of ways, especially in terms of playing together, right? Um, And they were – I mean, I'll be honest. Like, if you go back and listen to this show, you're going to hear – I know for myself at least – you're going to hear me say a lot of times, like, questioning whether or not it's a good idea to play these two guys together simply because the similarities sometimes left some gaping holes that defenses, I think, sometimes exploited. That being said, without Kihei there, you're finally going to get a chance to see what the, what the team can be like when Reese is the one at the helm. Um, that's, no, that's no disrespect intended at anybody else who's on the roster, but I think the thing changes, to Ferber's point about leadership. Like The thing is different now. Because you have this guy who has so much experience, and this is his opportunity to really kind of take hold of it. You know, you mentioned all the guys who are going to be gone, and the the leadership part of this is probably for for all intents and purposes going to be every bit as important as what he brings to the table. In you know, in between the lines, right? Because this is a kid who has has played a lot of minutes, and yet he's never been able to be sort of the lead guy. He's always been. You know, Kihei's always been there, right? His entire career, Kihei has been there, and at a time when this team is has, is is so devoid of experience, right? When a time when yes, they've got some um, transfer pieces that have, are coming in, guys who have played. So I'm not trying to pretend like you know they're starting a bunch of rookies out there, but they do have guys who have not necessarily been you know key cogs, to quote uh, Kendall Roy. um, you know, in the in the in it the same way that that the guys who left were, right? And so, when you're having to replace as much as Tony Bennett's having to replace, having a Reese Beekman, I mean, it's it, it, it's 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 limitless in terms of um, all of the different ways, right? That 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 you could you could imagine that Tony is 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 excited, right? Because there are so many little ways, little um, connections, little things that that Reese is going to bring to the table that are going to make this team better make this locker room better and then also sort of prepare UVA better for the future because you're not asking guys who are just not well-equipped to carry that load to carry that load. Right. Um, I, I, don't know from a, um, you know, from a rotation standpoint, um, how long it'll take before things sort of sort themselves out. Uh, I do think that this might be one where we see Tony playing with lineups a little bit later. Um, and combinations and such in the rotation, like playing with that a little later into the early season than we're necessarily accustomed to. Cause I don't, I don't think he's, this is not necessarily a territory that, that Tony has traversed very often, right. Where you don't have just a, you know, a bounty of experience to lean on. You know, when you look at this roster, yeah, there is some experience, but it's not the same type of experience. I think that Virginia is used to having and having Beatman back certainly does change things. Dave, if we had had to, to I mean, we were, we were all sort of on pins and needles, just worried that like it was going to break either while we were recording um, or right after we were, we were done Um, certainly an hour or so before we record is is prime. Like if people want to announce things 55 minutes before we record, please feel free because that's like perfect Um, because it makes it very timely, but also we get plenty of time to sort of sort through our thoughts how prepared were you dave to come on the show tonight and talk about how sad you were that reese was going pro? <clears throat> like real talk like how close to, how close to the to the water and, and battery park did you get is what i'm is what i'm curious
0: about <laughs> um you know colin didn't have to grab me i was, a, I was pretty good <laughs> um yeah look i mean i kind of at this point i'd kind of assumed he was and i just had prepared myself that way um that's a true look, i don't think virginia folks Well, I mean, it's the last day, right? Right. Um, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, Virginia kind of we haven't had a guy kind of test the waters in in this new era. You know, it's been, I believe, Momaday is the last guy who tested it and came back. Um, We knew Trey wasn't testing it, right? Uh, So it was weird. It's a little different. As as an aside, like I got more nervous as the day went on, we saw all these people withdrawing. And then you have to realize how many people declared this year because there's so many guys with eligibility left because of COVID. Um, then there's the whole, you know, declare and enter the transfer portal angle, which a lot of guys are playing. And I'm guessing they waited till last minute to see what the best offer was to come back, like with the intention of coming back. Obviously, Reese wasn't in that in that group. Um Good for him because he was one of the last ones, and I think, you know, he, he got a little – he got some pub, and we had a good day of talking about Reese. <laughs> so that's great for <laughs> great for his marketing. Um, yeah, if he went pro, you know, good for him. If he didn't, then good for him and good for me. But right. he had a great day. You know, he's one of the last guys, who, the big guys on the board, at least. Maybe that's just because I'm biased and I'm a Virginia fan, but lots of good publicity for him today with all the Virginia fans and everyone else tweeting about him. So, But, yeah, I mean, seriously, it's it, – it, i'm glad he's back good good for me
1: again good for dave um for in in terms of um i mean i i have not i'll be honest i have not kept as close an eye on everything else happening elsewhere today i've been very focused on the reese part of it but in terms of the the way these decisions have gone elsewhere in the league um I mean, does uh, you mentioned you know in terms of the the win total, right? Does you don't know if it pushes you to you know expect UVA to win X number of games more or whatever, but in terms of the overall sort of I don't know big picture of the ACC, and again, I I, I admit that I haven't been as plugged in on the rest of the league today in terms of other decisions. But, well,
2: Judah Mintz is going back to Syracuse, if that changes anything for no, you. He
1: doesn't, but congrats okay. to him. Proud day for him and his family.
0: Um, um, isn't P.J. Hall going back to Clemson?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, fake P.J. PJ Hall, Hall is elsewhere. <laughs> real, real, real
1: P.J. Hall going back to Clemson. Fake P.J. Hall is going to, going to uh, NC State. Um, didn't they trade? Who was the dude who left NC State and went to – wasn't that what happened? Some dude left NC State, went to Clemson, and they all both announced within like minutes of each other, it felt like. Who was he? Yeah. Who was the
2: other dude? Forget Jack Clark, maybe? Ah, that's right. Okay. Was it him? I can't remember. No, I think you're
1: right. I think you're absolutely right. I think you nailed it. Um, But anyway, my bigger question is, like, how does this – does this change much in terms of your sort of expectation for what the pecking order um, of the league looks like?
2: Mm. Uh, I I think it does for the voters just because they're going to look at the UVA's roster and be like, well, they lost a lot, but Beekman's back and they have some other good pieces and maybe Dunn takes a leap. You know, I can kind of see how they – that might change the – calculus whereas like not having done or not having a respec it's just one more level of uncertainty and then you're plugging in some new guys and all that good stuff so um i think anybody can look at what they've done in the transfer portal and then adding harris as well and they kind of say like okay like i see that they're not going to be completely devoid of talent and honestly one of the reasons that i don't think reese returning you know dr- dramatically changes like the win the regular season wins is because i kind of think this team might overperform Versus what some people think they might be Um, just a hunch. I just kind of like the roster that they've put together. Um, And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the front court, but um, I think Reese kind of gives you like a, a certain level of like stability, comfort um, experience. You know, he's played a lot of basketball. Um, I think he's valued by the outside world, you know, obviously the NBA values them, at least to some degree they invited into the combine and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it will move the needle a little bit from like a voting standpoint. Um, and, and yeah, also like, I don't want people to think just cause I'm saying like, I don't think it's going to dramatically change their win total. Like no player really does in most places, <laughs> um, you know, like if a player adds two or three wins to a team, then they're really good.
0: Yeah, and I think we all were going to say they're going to win a decent amount of games regardless. It's yeah. just, you know, Because yeah. that's what Tony Bennett does. I think you're right, though. I think, you know, Virginia fans like to complain about how, you know, the uh, the postseason success is portrayed in the media you know, or lack of success in the years that they don't win at all. Um, but one thing you can argue is Virginia gets a lot of respect from you know, and Tony do, does from from the preseason voters when it comes to. It took
2: a few years, I think. They were like, oh, 2014 might be a fluke. And then by like 2017, 18, it was like, okay, like we just have to put them in the top 25.
0: Yeah, five new people. He's probably going to finish top five and top four in the ACC, right? Yeah. I think so. If there's any guys who are maybe on the fence this year because there's so much roster turnover, like now they don't have a reason to be on the fence. So you're like four or five, I'm guessing, is where they'll end up preseason ACC. Um,
2: Yeah, I'd say fourth.
0: But I would be a little more likely to take the over, or if not a lot, I'd probably be a lot more likely to take you know them finishing higher than lower right now, you know what? Than whatever their preseason prediction was, because I think in all aspects, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think Reese is probably preseason first team All ACC. Yeah, he is um, for sure. I think he's probably top three or four as, for ACC Player of the Year, and he might you know he's he's a guy who if he you know if he gets enough burn running the point or even you know and if or if harris is better running the point and reese can play more too and he's a more ag- aggressive i can see him pulling the malcolm brogdon malcolm brogdon double double and getting the acc player of the year and the defensive player of the year because i don't think there's anyone that's going to be ahead of him in the preseason de- defensive player of the year voting
1: um speaking of negatives, a second ago I, I this might this might seem like a uh Like a a random swerve in terms of the um, sort of direction of the show, but I was thinking as you were talking a minute ago, you know, I really like to revisit that piece that the athletic ran a few weeks ago because I I wonder, like, how does this impact that? Because the whole idea, um, and I'm not I'm not going to like throw the whole thing uh, under the bus or anything, but the whole premise seemed to be that Virginia was going to like. Have to do it its way Because This new world order So to speak Was going to be difficult Now I'm not saying That some of that's not true But The way that They use Shedrick's Sort of um, Journey Sort of experience As like a As like exhibit A In terms of like Hey here's a guy who developed And he decided to leave What does that say about UVA Right Here's a guy in Beekman Who I mean Listen Listen this is, there's a, there's a very real chance when a got ever a guy determined, you know, decides to come back to school, there's always a chance that it's a, um, it's a risky proposition. Now we don't know what sort of NIL situation calf futures and, and everybody put together to make this thing, um, maybe advantageous to Beekman. Um, I'm pretty sure that some of that stuff will never come to light. Um, but I'm just curious because what this feels like to me is like, oh, this is exactly the kind of thing that I would expect UVA to do, which is to um, make a kid feel like uh, if he wasn't quite ready, that he didn't have to push the the envelope, so to speak, to get to the next level because he trusts that he's going to be developed um, and he's going to get the opportunity to sort of better himself in addition to sort of doing that for the team. And, I, and it just makes me... A little curious looking back on that piece Because the narrative around UVA at least The one that seemed to be presented there with You know Shedrick is like the, the shining example Or whatever even though You know as we've talked about like Shedrick was not really A good um sort of stand In for that because he wasn't a guy um Who had Spent years developing and such He was a guy who obviously had been Had had experience in terms of years In the program but I mean he had Various illnesses and injuries and such like he didn't have the sort of quote unquote normal um, development sort of liftoff to get to where he was and he lost his spot at you know the tail end of the season for a reason right. Um, if you had if you had waited to write that story and you wait and then Beekman leaves and you say well you know what it's good that UVA is putting guys in the pros but here's a guy who was like on the fringe and he decided it was better. It was in his better interest to go pro than it was to come back to UVA. What does that say, right? Because guys tend to come back to UVA. Yes, Virginia's had a handful of dudes who have gone pro, um, but that doesn't. That has not been the norm, right? Even even with the four examples that you can that you can think of, like those are still exceptions. Most of the time, dudes decide to come back, or they they already are coming back. Um, so I'm just curious. You guys have any reaction to that? That play a role. At all for for you in this thing, or, or am I just grasping for straws that aren't necessarily graspable?
2: Honestly, like I think you finally stumped me. I don't really have a take on that.
1: <laughs> I finally got. I finally gave you something that that uh, that didn't warrant a response. Okay, that's like, fair. I, mean,
0: I think it would be naive to assume that nil didn't play some role oh, for in sure. it. Um, but there's also. I don't know. Like there it, it's weird though. Like, I mean, I think we could have a whole other podcast about how weird this off season was between the, uh, you know, the extra el- eligibility, the NIL piece the transfer piece. Um, you also have the NBA who's w- looking more into foreign markets than they ever have for players, which kind of limits, you know, there's going to be some spots taken there. Then you had the whole G League component, players straight out of the G League. But on the flip side, you have this year, every team gets get, gets to carry three two-way players, which I thought might have been the death knell for UVA there. Um, so like, I, I don't I, I'm going to assume that Cavs futures are, you know, some other NIL deal took, you know, is going to be very happy that that Reese is back. Um, well, I, I can't speak to whether that was a deciding factor, um, but I think it's a little different than like, 20 years ago. If you're making, you know, well, you wouldn't have been able to go as far as he can, but you know, if you if you were weighing your options 20 years ago, certainly being able to make a little, you know, make money um, and bet on yourself like Reese is would have been a little bit harder. So, I mean, I, I think it would be completely naive to think someone from Cavs Futures didn't talk to him at some point in the last day or two or two or three weeks. Right.
1: Well, and that's I mean, what they're I think, there for. No, for sure. And I and I think that there's you know, there's some murmurs about that. Um, it, it, I don't think you even need to necessarily believe anything of what you've read on that front to just think that it makes sense. But I think in some ways that actually sort of proves my point. Right. Which is the premise of this idea is that the new world order is leaving UVA behind and UVA is going to have to like double down on everything they've always done. And I'm not necessarily saying that there aren't aspects of that that are true because that, that is very Tony Bennett, right? Um, He's going to go out there and prove that his style can do this or that they, his program can do that. I just think that it's interesting that like, you know, Dave mentions like a weird off season. I don't think that, you know, if you think about sort of the top targets that not necessarily on our board, because, you know, we certainly had some transfer dudes that we would have been very happy if UVA kind of landed. Um, But if you think about the top guys on, on UVA's board, right, the guys that they clearly were interested in, I mean, they kind of got the dudes that they wanted, right? That's not to say they got every single one, right? But they certainly got dudes that they were very clearly, very interested in. Um, they got Beekman to come back. I mean, I, I guess I'm hard-pressed to look at this offseason as, like, some sort of L, right? Um, Beekman coming back is a, huge, is a huge lift, and it's certainly, you know, in the pantheon of, like, or, excuse me, in the totality of circumstances, like, it's a, it's a big one, right? I don't think we can deny that. I just think that it's interesting that, like, in such a crazy offseason when UVA had to do so many, di- you know, quote-unquote different or new things to reload, that's exactly what they did. And again, I'm not saying that like what Virginia is paying in NIL is comparable to. Ball- no, that's not my point. My point is is that like they figured out to make it how to make it work in a in a year. Today's point, which is like super weird, um, for a variety of different reasons. And I just I, I guess I'm just I I I look at this and I think maybe that narrative doesn't necessarily fit as well now as it did you know a couple weeks ago. And maybe we could have waited a couple weeks until the thing got you know, part of a narrative.
0: Um, yeah. But. Um, I don't know if the narrative fit a couple of weeks ago. That's I mean, fair. No, that's fair. A one-sided I mean, to we, me. We talked a little um,
1: about that too. Um, mean, that's you,
0: Virginia's thing. had success for 10, 10 plus years, you know? Um, yeah. I don't think you can base one off season off of it. And then you, you kind of hit it. Like you look at what Virginia has done to the roster since even January, you know, Adam Harris mm-hmm. is I think Ferber mentioned earlier, like, we forget about Harris. And I feel bad for him because he's a heck of a player. He's, you know, the Big East Tournament MVP. Uh, You can't be a scrub and be good for four-plus games. Um, And then, you know, so they added Harris, you know, Buchanan and Gertrude are coming in. And then all the transfers, they went, yeah, they've added a lot of talent. Tom will tell if it meshes, but that's basketball now. That's college sports now. You know, um, I don't think it means that narrative of that piece is right. Like, you can have key key cogs that that uh that help you maintain your culture while you bring new pieces in. Um, but I think you know overall, the staff has to be applauded for what they've done. Um, short of hiring, you know, announcing who's coming as a coach yet, yeah. There's another podcast topic coming up, but (laughs) you know, they, they did this without a coach, I guess you could say. So, um, but no, I mean, yeah, I I think it's a big day for the, you know, a great day for the program.
1: Absolutely. I I feel like we've, we've said key cogs in the wheel, um, uh, you know, a bunch of times tonight, but what I find interesting is that like that's kind of UVA's way, which is like figuring out the right key cogs to put in the wheel. Um, I mean, I think that's the place above all else, right. Above, you know, um, Tony always talks about like you got to find guys you can lose with before you can find guys you can win with, right? Um, and I know a lot of these cliche sort of coach speak things can sometimes grate on people's nerves a little bit, um, but I feel like Tony Bennett, like, lo- like he didn't just like say some of these things. I think he like really lives them, and like finding the right people to do the right thing for the program, finding the right pieces to fit together. That's from a basketball standpoint, like that doesn't always work. And there certainly have been guys who who came, were on grounds for a while. I'm like, nope, this isn't for me. And that's, you know, I, I I've always appreciated the way Tony and, and company have always sort of supported dudes when they wanted to to move on. Um I, I just really think that it's interesting, Ferber, that Virginia is in a situation now where with Beekman in the fold, with the moves they've made in the offseason, that we're in a position to talk about the Cavaliers as like A reasonable ACC contender Given everything they've lost There have been, absolutely have been Virginia teams that lost this level And yeah, the next year was going to be like a You know, hey, you're going to take your bumps Um, I kind of like the fact that Virginia's, um Figured out a way to Take that Um to take that norm and kind of flip it on its head A little bit that's not to say that every year they're just Going to go out there and get a bunch of transfers I don't think that's necessarily the way Tony wants To do it but The the, the ability to go out and get Guys who can make an impact I mean think About the dudes they brought in from the transfer portal uh, And what they've done Once they've been on grounds it's it You know they've they got a pretty decent track record um, Now with Beekman back it's certainly like we said before It, it helps all of the different pieces um, on the roster, fit more securely into the roles that they w- were going to play, as opposed to the ones that they would have needed to play um, if he hadn't been around. So, um, I guess my question, then, my last question on the Beekman front, Ferber, is: um, Do you feel like like this changes things for them um, from a roster management sort of succession? And I swear to God, that was not like a um, <laughs> that was not mm-hmm. a pun, but from a succession planning standpoint, yeah. um, because it certainly... is the
2: eldest boy. Now <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, he is. It certainly feels like to me, what this does is it puts the roster in a much better spot going forward. Um, and that sort of sets, you know, guys up for more success going forward. At least that's the way it looks to me. How, what's your, what's your point of view on it?
2: I don't think it really messes up the roster planning and things like that too much. Um, you know, if anything, it makes it so you don't have to go out and do a panic addition of a point guard or something, you know, to backfill him. Um, you know, like, they don't have a point guard that's, like, in the pipeline right now that's being blocked by him. And even if they were, it would only be for a year. Um, Gertrude's, you know, combo guard. So, like, I mean, he might still find his way on the floor with Reese, or, you know, he might end up having to sit a lot anyway just because of where the roster is. They got a lot of depth in the backcourt. Um but yeah, I think they did a pretty good job. Um you know, the front court I think is a different story. You know, you kind of you lost Poppy, you lost Shedrick, you lost Trout all at once and that's like just not ideal. Um and not all that's UVA's fault, but it that it is what it is, right? That's what happened. Um in the back court, you know, I think they they lost Key you know, you lose Armon uh, your Reese is kind of in limbo, right? And I think they did a pretty good job of going out, getting roadie, who I think, you know, and we know can play a point position and also off the ball. Um, just to, I don't want to say he's insurance for Reese because he's much better than that. You know, he's going to be a, probably a starter, I would imagine. Um, you know, and, and probably will play multiple years at UVA, uh, uh, but I think, like, adding him to the roster kind of was a backup plan if you had to play him at point guard. Harris, obviously, is going to be a big piece of that. Um, I think his playing time is probably the most impacted by this. Um, and maybe, I guess, you could maybe make a case for, like, Gertrude, too. Um, like, maybe he just doesn't have as many minutes to play. Um, if you're playing Harris and Beekman together especially. But I don't think it messes up their roster planning at all, really. I mean, because he's, he's got one more year.
1: No, my, my I think you misunderstood my question. I was actually saying in the inverse, which is like this is actually a really big boost to the roster because what it does is it, it, keeps, it keeps guys like McNeely, like Harris, from having to carry too heavy of a load, and it lets them fit sure. more securely into the spots where they already would have been, right, in terms yeah. of their roles. Yeah. I mean Um,
2: McNeely especially I think he's going to kind of do what he does like he's I don't think it's going to change at all and I don't think it would have but now see um, I could see a
1: scenario where if you don't have Reese and you're not necessarily sure what you've got in the Harris kid especially right away that McNeely has to do a lot more stuff on the ball right with the ball. As opposed to being able to really fly
2: around and come in the half screens. court, I guess yeah, for sure. It, it just it just that's not ideal. Like you know, that's not what they want to use them for. We heard no. we heard
0: whispers the staff might be looking at grad transfer point guard options if Reese didn't return too, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, I mean it's it's a big big thing he did. He, he, yeah, that's he what I mean. Did. Now
2: you don't have to like take a guy, and I'm not saying like taking a guy on a one year rental is a big deal either way, but you don't have to like. Maybe they would have found a good point guard, but like you don't have to take a guy because you have to take a guy now. Um, Harris, I think, will be sort of what we expect him to be. I mean, not a key hey replacement, but he'll be doing a lot of that stuff. I think his recent history has shown that they want to play, they'll probably play Harris and Beekman together quite a bit, even if people don't like it.
1: Um, yeah, well, and the thing too is that like I do, I do like the fact that Harris has been there for a full semester on top of, you know, so he's not like he's getting there green in the summer and trying to figure out what's what, right? He's been there for a while and that, yeah, he didn't play on the, on the court. So I get you, but like that experience just within the program, I think will be especially important. And we look, we've seen Tony and company be able to get guys in and, and get something right away from them, even if they haven't been there that long. So I feel like him having one been into college level and then two been you know part of the program for a little while you know he's got got some sea legs
2: under him um, their history of transfers that have had to sit out is pretty good yeah
0: for sure so, so uh, we have one roster spot left is that right i don't like to
2: believe that's correct
1: i don't have the numbers in front of me but i think that's right I'm trying to run it in my head i, I believe there's be two
0: a, might be two yeah i think it might be a might be two i mean i could still, i mean would you guys be a yeah would you would you guys hate adding another big Even if it's a no project, I wouldn't hate. I
2: certainly wouldn't hate it.
0: Um, Even if it's a bruiser like a uh, Capro type, I think yeah, it would be a guy you would
2: almost honestly like. You know, you could kind of make a case that like if he wanted to come back, like you just bring him back.
0: Like I mean, obviously
2: that's not happening now, but um, just because like you need somebody to. My whole thing with the front court, and I was kind of like throwing out the alarms a few weeks ago, was like, what happens if Jordan Minor picks up two fouls? It's like we were talking about, like playing him at the five. Yeah. Like then what? Then it's a freshman. You know Tony doesn't play freshman very much. Maybe Blake Buchanan breaks the mold, but maybe he doesn't. Yeah. And now you're playing Ryan Dunn at the five. Yeah. That's yeah. not ideal. Yeah. Like that's I mean he can maybe do it, but that doesn't mean you want him to that be doing mean, it. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> and you then I mean, you have Groves teams, too, but and you yeah. have Groves, but like we kind of know what he is. Like I think I think, think, he's, I think like, it's necessarily one for the reference guys. Stopper. I think it's one spot.
1: Um, One. Okay, because it's I'm looking at the roster now, and I'm I'm seeing. Um, I thinking about Tain.
0: Ten scholarship
1: guys plus we plus Rhodey and um, Groves aren't on here yet.
0: I got eleven. This is great podcast.
1: This is great audio. Um, yeah. Eleven total.
0: Reese, IMAC, Reese. Rhodey, Dunn, Minor, Harris, Gertrude, Bond. Buchanan, Groves, Murray.
1: You're forgetting Robinson.
2: Who's Robinson? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, duh. Wow, fellas. (laughs)
0: oh gosh yes and that's Man, that, the podcast and that's so, it i am Delete, so glad this uh, happened uh, Now hey, brad i can't can can hear you can you uh stop I, that part
2: <laughs>
1: no no this is staying in because this is this is my brain fart about
2: um i completely forgot that he existed yeah i know to be honest with you
1: when when the when old, old we're old like old do Howell, they need
2: another big when i <laughs> when
1: i forgot that uh oh yes. had decommitted from florida state and y'all didn't let me uh, yep. live that down Wow, that was that was lots. I'm glad of fun you passed my me. test, Brad. Well, that'll <laughs> be a hilarious that'll be a hilarious
2: <laughs> find on the old hard drive in a few years when he's an All American.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Oh man, that was really good. All right, well, and I think that's a perfect place to to put a pin in that discussion. Do you guys want to touch yeah, on anything else before we wrap up? or we good?
0: I mean, that's uh, good luck to Virginia baseball. We'll we'll talk some more. Yeah, there weekend. you go. Yeah, um, we'll see what the Hoos can next do weekend.
1: this weekend. Um, hopefully, get to next weekend. Um, you know, have another chance to play at home I, I love super regionals for the record um
0: ferber really wrote fun. a piece about it i <laughs> yeah. like how
1: you said that like i didn't know that
0: i'm just mad you can't see my air quotes just because i want to dog on ferber a little bit ouch no, was a enjoyable piece ferber but fit- harsh no i it. mean
2: literally it's like it, it was kind of hard like flying in and being like oh baseball stats you yeah know, yeah you you made that. it
1: sound like you did make it sound like uh D- like Damon would be very proud of you I think with that is like if you re- this
0: week I got time. The,
2: the thing is with baseball they don't have like a Ken Palm situation like That's a good true. one yeah and then also like you don't like you can't really get two in the weeds with it because there's too many games it's, it's like you games, can't look yeah. at like thirteen games or whatever you have to look at sixty five games
0: yeah
1: I will say the fact that Damon didn't te- like. I didn't have a text from Damon by like 10 o'clock to say like, "Hey, what's up with this?" Because you know, inevitably, yeah. you know it, that army it pitcher
2: he mentioned, uh, like he got suspended <laughs> like three yeah. years ago. Or, you yeah.
1: know, remember, remember that time that he that you know. You know he he's terrible on, on Friday. Fridays. Um, <laughs> but no, so so yeah, so good good luck to the Who's this weekend, and hopefully they're uh, they're still playing when we return to you uh next week uh we we would like to we would like to uh publicly thank reese Beekman for helping the offseason um one yes. podcast at a time so thank if you you're still much. listening
0: uh, uh at us on twitter and say uh, tell us if we should do a podcast devoted to comparing uva athletics to ted lasso the series or succession the series or both
2: listen yeah the amount of i succession was i told people have i told to analyze- <laughs> well, I told Brad the other day, I was like, look, man, I was like off season topics getting a little thin, you know, I'm like two days away from writing a why, you know, this person reminds me of Tom Wamsgans, <laughs> you know, story or whatever. Um, so this is probably, I, I, don't, I hope I don't have know. to do that because that's really for an audience of three. No. That's, but,
1: no, no. Well, not so much. I mean, judging from the succession numbers, there the the cross the the Venn diagram that includes UVA fans and succession fans is is that's that's a good number people.
0: I have a hard time believing yeah. it's just us three in that diagram. Yeah, for <laughs> but sure.
1: But I will say that like this is the closest I've gotten to being like, hey, do you guys want to do like five minutes of whatever discussion on a on a on a non sports topic? For fun just basically like Say you know thanks everybody out there who Doesn't care about succession you can hang up now And we're going to spend the next however many minutes Sorry I this is as close as I've gotten We've never done that before we've certainly Talked about some randomness throughout An episode but we've never done the whole like hey We're we're going to have a spoiler filled Conversation about a television show so if you don't Want to hear any of that feel free to hang up You know go ahead and delete the show To stop listening but this delete is real, the show You know no, I mean just like <laughs> delete the episode From your queue or whatever you know yeah um you yeah, know but i like, like feel like you, you give a spoiler warning and you're like they're coming so like get out of the way um but in uh, but then the Beekman thing happened so i'm like ah we don't have to worry about that
0: maybe next week yeah maybe next so week back succession we'll, fans
1: we'll we'll let it we'll let it uh we'll, we'll let it sit for a little while longer um five uh
2: three, two, one on why Kendall should have never shut down Walter in season 2 <laughs> when they mentioned the Walter guy's name uh, I was early like, oh god on. he's coming oh, Here back.
1: comes yeah here comes <laughs> He said he was going to end him, but anyway. All right. If you what are not episode there, one, what?
2: Wasn't that episode he, one? He bought them in episode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, and then Logan was like, "Get rid of it." Like yeah. the next season. And whatever. he's basically See like, "Why do you fire me?" And he's fans. like, "Because
1: your, because yeah. your dad, because t- my dad said so." Oh man. Oh, Kendall Roy. All right. If you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much. Give it us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcast, set your Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your shows. And if you're so inclined, give us a rating and a review. We appreciate it. Uh, if you're somebody who's found the pod, has not given us a look at the website yet, check us out at catscorner.com. Uh, we've got that aforementioned piece that Ferber wrote on the uh, regional this weekend, sort of previewing the group. Obviously, um, you know, there was a piece, uh, I guess it was last week that, that Ferber did sort of the... The what happens if Reese stays? What happens if Reese goes? And that piece is, is reads a lot better tonight than it did uh, this morning because I was like, all right, let me check back in on this and sort of see how it all fits. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, lots of lots of uh, lots of stuff going on uh, these days, obviously. Uh, I want to thank My Perfect Franchise for their support of the show and the website. You can visit myperfectfranchise.net. For more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you, I want to thank all of you out there for supporting the show and listening. And, of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber for being graciously. For their time, as always, I very much appreciate all that they do. So, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of Cash Corner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon.